State of the Division NL East edition. I am Ryan Finkelstein, your host, also the managing editor at Just Baseball. Today, we got a pinch hitter. Ethan Budowski is joining us, a talented writer for us. And of course, he also runs our social media over on Twitter at Just BB Media. And he writes our highlight reels at times. And he was fortunate enough uh, to be on that late night call uh, writing up the Mets-Giants game on Tuesday night. So what was that experience uh, like for you? I know what it was like on my end because I had to do a podcast and had to edit that reel after. I'm still exhausted. Yeah. Uh, what was it like for you? Yeah, I mean, usually when I stay up for those reels, it kind of drags on towards the end. You know, you write one or two highlights for the last games. But in the middle of this one, once, once the Mets came all the way back, I said, this is going to be the top story. And <laughs> I was so invested in the game. You know, I I, I stayed up and... It was just amazing. I mean, just great baseball. I can't remember such a an exciting regular season game. There have been some intense ones like down the stretch and stuff. But for a May game, that's as good as it's going to get when you have two good teams, great offenses, just battling it out, going back and forth. And of course, you had Jock Peterson. But yeah. focusing on the Mets, I mean, you know, Lindor's getting really hot. He had another homer today. He's got two in his last couple games. And uh, they're, they're just a team that's really fun to watch and they just never, they're never out of it. You know, they're, they're yeah. never out of any game and um, you, you have to keep an eye on them at all times. And they showed it again last night. It's crazy for one, uh, Jock Peterson in one game, his uh, WRC plus went from 120 to 149. And today <laughs> after his first home run, it was up to 159. So Insane. that was ridiculous. Um, uh, and you look at what the Mets have done this year. They had the comeback against the Cardinals where, uh, Nolan Arenado made that error that prolonged the game and the Mets came back and win it. They, they had a, the comeback against the Phillies. They had this crazy one where they ultimately blow it late. Edwin Diaz blows his third or fourth save of the season. But regardless, what I think is, is crazy about this Mets team is, you know, they still haven't even gotten it going as far as the home run ball yet and certain things. But what they're doing is they put the ball in play, they run out everything, and they just put pressure on you. And at times, other teams can lose games. And the Mets have been able to take advantage uh, today when they lost as Thomas Abucky uh, made his uh, first career start, second career outing, and got rocked. Yeah, I um, felt bad for the guy. Yeah, it was rough. I, 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 I hate to say that I saw it coming, but I, I really did. I actually had, had said on my show earlier this week, I was like, they're going with Abucky, and I actually caught him in Syracuse this year. And I was like, I don't think this guy's a major league pitcher. And we kind of saw that today. But uh, that snapped a streak where the Mets had won 14 consecutive games after a loss. It was the third longest streak in MLB history behind like a 1916 athletics team and some other team I can't remember that had done it 16 times. So uh, that just shows you the way the Mets have been this year. Uh, by, by not having prolonged losing streaks, they've kept the, this wide margin in the division. I think I saw another stat today that they're like, I don't have it exactly, but it's something along the lines of like 10 and uh, 10 and nine in their last 19. And they've mm -hmm. still gained two and a half games uh, yeah. in this division. So I, I think right now, based on that resiliency and the way that they're at least playing 500 with all these injuries, I don't see them giving up first place anytime soon. Yeah, no. And the other thing is they're help, getting help from the fact that nobody in the NL East can seem to get off the ground, right? Like the Phillies just can't get it going. The Braves just can't get it going. I saw last night, 
after the Braves walked them off. They have the same record. They're both 20 and 23. Both have to be considered major disappointments. We all knew what the Nationals were going to be before the season. And then the Marlins haven't really gotten anything going either. So the Mets right now are just feasting on a division that is beating up on itself. And they're yeah. also beating up on everybody else, right? They're beating some of the better teams in the National League. Uh, I think they took four of seven from the Cardinals this year. And they just went out and played good ball against the Giants, even though they dropped two games. So, I mean, they're just they're a powerhouse, Fink. And I text you about them a lot. They, you have to feel really good about where this Mets team is. And they haven't had Scherzer the last, what, week or so. Haven't had DeGrom. You know, this team's only going to get better as they come together more. They just have to stay off the back page of the New York Post and everything will be okay. If they can just avoid all those scan, you know, all those weird things that they have going on every year, which they've done to this point so far, right? It's been a pretty quiet season on that front. Um, this team's going to be great. I mean, they're, they, they just have a very sound roster, a good roster from top to bottom. And a guy I want to give it a shout out to while I'm on the NLEs pod is Starling Marte. I just love the way he plays the game. You talk about how guys taking extra bases, putting the ball in play. That's all he does. He does all the little things, right? It's a perfect example of what makes this Mets team really good right now. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And honestly, uh, since you bring up Marte, it just makes a natural transition to your Marlins. So I'm gonna go right to that because I, I, I talked about it with Aram. I've talked about it on on you know some of the additions of this show, but I want to get your take on it. It seems like that was the biggest possible mistake to let that guy go because yeah. what yeah. you've done in aggregate trying to to make up for it, you went out, you signed Avi Garcia, you signed Jorge Soler not that far from the amount of money it would have taken to just retain Marte. Yep. You, you've run Jesus Sanchez out there in center field defensively. We kind of knew that wasn't going to work. And we're seeing that now. Uh, how have you kind of processed the last year since they traded Marte and then what they did to try to replace him? Well, if the Marlins had just offered Starling Marte, the contract that they offered him this off season, but they did it at the trade deadline last year, he would still be on the team. And he's the exact type of player that the Marlins need right now, right? Like they didn't have a hole in center field and then they created a hole in center field for themselves. And by trading him, which they were left with no choice because the team was so awful last year, but they could have just signed him. Right. But they created this hole for themselves. Then they tried to fill it with Marte himself, got beat by their division rival and still didn't fill that hole. I know that they went into the off season thinking that they were going to pull a big trade off and it didn't happen. But the way that they handled it after that, just kind of throwing money at, you know, a guy like Jorge Soler when they could have spent better. I sent out a tweet today, Soler and Ag, uh, not Aguilar, uh, Avasayo Garcia are making a combined $24 million and they have the same amount of home runs as Jock Peterson, who's making $6 million, which is a guy that a lot of Marlins fans wanted. So they could have, if they wanted to just go cheap, like they could have brought in a guy like Jock Peterson and he could have provided the same boost to the offense. They also could have used the money that they used on Garcia and Soler to get a guy like Castellanos or Swarver, one of the bigger names out there. They just got it wrong, man. There's no other way to put it. I mean, I'm going to try and put an article out here in the next couple of weeks if I ever get some time just about how they, they just messed it up. And you're seeing with Jesus Sanchez, right? The guy plays 
I love him. I love his energy. But when it goes wrong, it looks really bad because he just looks like a seven-year-old hocked up on Mountain Dew out there. I mean, the the play he made last night where he oh, dives terrible. for a, a ball that he has no business diving for. It's the first batter of the game. The ball goes all the way to the wall. And Kevin Kiermeyer comes all the way around to score. And the Marlins lose 4 nothing. Like, that's just the kind of plays that are costing you games. Bad base running error earlier tonight. Like, he's just got to take a deep breath and kind of slow things down and let things come to him. But the good news for the Marlins is they have Sandy Alcantara, they have Pablo Lopez, and they have Jazz Chisholm, who's been really great this year. So they might be able to luck into something if they just make a couple of the right moves. But they're trending down right now, and it's trending towards them just trading everybody off at the deadline and starting over again this year. Not necessarily guys like Sandy and Pablo and Jazz, but it it seems like a lot of the vets, if they get to this point, you know, if they get to the all-star break and they're still five games under 500 and they're just playing uninspiring. You, yeah. you know what happens with the Marlins when that when that happens. So I have a, a weird comp that just came to my head. Uh, only someone who lives in South Florida would know how to poke fun at Marlins fans. Uh, is Abby Garcia the, the hitter version of Wei Yin Chen? Oh, my God. Don't even say that name to a Marlins guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just like <laughs> it's been bad. It, it's, it's been, been bad, bad, man. It's been really bad. And it's this good year, bad year, one year on, one year off thing. And they didn't see that coming maybe they thought something would change you know i i but he just has like he's only got three home runs he hasn't slugged the ball he's got like a 500 or something ops it's just been ugly and solaire has basically just replaced adam duvall right like they're basically the same player in terms of low average high strikeout but a lot of power and so they haven't have they really gotten better than last year like it's it's hard to say the roster looks better but a few injuries to Chisholm and Birdie and Wendell, and all of a sudden they're playing guys like Eric Gonzalez and um, I forget who the other one. That is they the speed skater back yet or no? No, Eddie Alvarez is with the Dodgers actually. But, you know, like uh, I forget who the other guy that they played last night was, but now Garrett Cooper's leading hit, uh, hitting leadoff. And it's just the same perpetual cycle of guys in the wrong places. And it, in bad here's my problem here. My problem with Avi was the four years. That was my problem. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look at Jorge Soler and, and you know, it's essentially a one-year deal. I mean, you know, he might stick around for two, but I look at, at Soler and, and for the price, and the guy still hits tanks. And, and you could still see like a month this year where Soler could hit, you know, 13 home runs in a month and carry you mm-hmm. for a while. He's that type of hitter. So I, I mm-hmm. like that signing. The Avi signing has just been bad. Um, I like the trades they made. I, I think Stallings and Wendell were some good moves, but right now I, I do think that, you know, looking at the, the standings right now, how many games back are the Marlins? Like if they're they like eight, they're eight and a half back. They're 18 and 23, man. I mean, they're just the one thing they couldn't be this year was the same as last year. And they went out, they got Stallings. Wendell's been a great pickup for them. And Stallings has been a nice pickup behind the plate. It hasn't been great offensively. But they're just the same. They made this. They made good. You know what I thought to be good moves, and they're the same. And yeah. and I don't know w- what that is. I don't know what the biggest issue is. But the biggest issue is they didn't fill the biggest hole on the team. Like some people thought it was catcher. I thought it was you need a lockdown guy in center field because of the offensive value of that position. And yeah. and and they didn't get that. And here they are, eighteen and twenty three, and heading for eight. They're down five nothing already. 
heading for 18 and 24. Yeah. And, and I think they're kind of playing themselves out of trading for a center fielder at the deadline Absolutely. too. So Absolutely. Um, you thought a guy like Reynolds could be in play at the deadline. If they're not in it, what's the point in doing that? You know, they're just going to try with Burdick or Blade. So, yeah. So I, I think the Marlins are, are, you know, there's, there's always been throughout the, our state of the division up to this point, we've done this every week. We always talk Mets, then we talk about the bunch of brave Phillies and Marlins. And I do think, unfortunately, even though I I actually bet Peter uh, at the Mets game, I said, hey, I'll take that the Marlins have a better record than the Phillies this year. I don't feel great about that bet right now, but we'll see because the Phillies are this team that I I just hate their roster construction. Mm -hmm. I'm always someone that that appreciates defense. And now I think the, the Bryce Harper injury really does, uh, you know, make it even worse. I know Harper's not a great defensive outfielder, but when he has the DH now and mm-hmm. you're forced to play Schwarber and Castellanos out there together, it just makes it just awful. Um, you know, they had a, a terrible error that they blew a game with the other night. Their bullpen so far this year, uh, they've only blown four saves, surprisingly, mm-hmm. but a, a 4.15 ERA uh, as a bullpen, 10th worst in baseball. 1.45 whip is basically the worst in baseball. Um, you know, Brad Hand's been pretty decent. Uh, I'll give him that. Knable has been okay. Familia has been pretty terrible. But I, look, I, I look at this team and I just can't see them really finding a way. You know, they, they had that great weekend series uh, against the Dodgers where the bats erupted and then they mm-hmm. went through a stretch where the bats went quiet again and yep. they, they couldn't win a game. So, uh, I, do you have any confidence in the Phillies? as a team that's actually, to me, it's always been Mets Braves and it seems more and more like Mm -hmm. that's going to be the case this year. Yeah. I mean, I wrote about the Phillies a couple of times before the season started for just baseball. And basically what I kept saying, it comes down to is can they get all their guys hot at the right time? Yeah. Right. And when we've yet to see that basically, and it's everything we thought they were going to be, they are right. We thought they were going to struggle with the bullpen because they always do. They've struggled with the bullpen. They've been streaky. We thought they were going to be streaky on offense. They've been streaky on offense. You know, you mentioned that Harper, I totally forgot Harper has that injury because he's been playing so well that I was like, did he just get hurt today or something? But you know, he's, he's amazing. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, baseball fans just don't appreciate enough as one of the great talents in the game. I think because he got that, overrated label right away but he's so fantastic and he's so exciting but he's just kind of meddling on this club right now that is locked up in big contracts and they don't have a lot of flexibility other places I thought the moves they made for bullpen help were pretty solid but they just haven't panned out it's like a black hole for bullpen there man they just even when they make good moves it just doesn't work out for them and so yeah I think right now at least for the for the moment I can't see them really threatening the Mets, even threatening the Braves, because I think the Braves are bound to get hot eventually. You know, there's a there's that's just too talented of a roster. And and we can kind of like mix in here. But I, I just don't see the Phillies like challenging with the Braves, because, again, the Braves have pitched well and they just need a couple of those guys like with Acuna back. They just need like Riley and somebody else just to get hot and then they can, you know, start winning stringing wins together. And, and they're going to have a lot of games against the nationals and a lot of games against the Marlins, both of those teams. But I think it all kind of sets up better for Atlanta. If you're going to talk about one team versus the other, you know, trying to 
make it into that second spot. Well, they, they've done it before. You know, they really have. And yeah. That's the difference is that th- that's a team that's won before. Mm-hmm. Um, you still don't even have Acuna like fully integrated. Obviously, I think he actually got scratched tonight for like a quad, uh, a sore quad or something. So hopefully he's all right. But yeah, it's, it's a team that, uh, you know, you look at the Phillies, and you compare them to the Braves. And I just think the Braves, when you, here's what the Braves have that the Phillies don't. The Braves have a good bullpen and mm-hmm. the Braves have enough good defenders out there that they just don't have these glaring holes and the Phillies mm-hmm. have these glaring holes. And, you know, you're looking around the national league right now. Um, I, are, are the Rockies and the Diamondbacks really much worse than the Phillies? Uh, you know what I mean? Like if you're talking about a wild card it's hard race to say. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that there's going to be three chains making the playoffs out of the West, the Dodgers, the Padres and the giants, the Cardinals and the Brewers are going to make the playoffs most likely. So mm-hmm. you start to run out of spots, even with an expanded playoff field for these teams. I, I think that a lot of these, you know, and at least teams could be on the outside looking in when you get to the deadline and, and the Braves are the team that I think we know has that ability to turn around because they did last mm-hmm. year. And a big reason they did was Austin Riley. You look at the, the, the splits last year for Riley, in the first half, he had 14 home runs, 15 doubles, 42 RBIs at 826 OPS. Very good in 88 games. The second half, the guy was like an MVP. Hit yeah. 333, 377 on base, 599 slugging, 19 home runs, 18 doubles, 65 RBIs in 72 games. This year, Riley's only hitting 238, 317 on base, 445 slugging, 762 OPS. Last 12 games, the OPS is under 600. And also, I think the defense, uh, if I'm not mistaken, has taken a step back too. His defense last year was much improved. They need Austin Riley to be, yeah. you know, the a, a top three player on this team right now. They, they need, you know, Olsen, Riley, Acuna is the way I look at the Braves. If those three guys are clicking, the Braves are going to be really good. If they aren't, they're going to be in trouble. And, and right now, I think that I look at Riley um, and also Adam Duvall, we can talk about in a minute, as the, kind of the, the two pieces – that haven't quite been what you would expect, and it's holding the Braves back right now. Yeah, and you, just to, while you mentioned the defense for Riley, he had 13 defensive runs saved last year. He's got negative four so far this year, so really struggling in that department, taking a huge step back, back to like 2020 when he was negative 10 in the shortened season. I can't, I'm looking at his Fangraphs page and his uh, Savant page as well, and I can't really make out why he hasn't gotten going I mean, he does have 150 weighted run, 115 weighted runs created plus this year because of the deflated numbers around baseball. Um, but that's yeah. only a 762 OPS, and he's hitting 238. But he's not he's not striking out too much, and he's walking a little more than he did last year, and he is hitting the ball hard. So I can't really figure out what's going on other than maybe just some bad luck at, pl- at play here. But you're right. You know, I wrote an article recently about the Braves and how. I don't think it's time to panic on them because just like you said earlier, they've been there before. They know what they're doing. They've come back after an early struggle, but Riley's going to be a huge part of that. If they, if he can't get going, if he can't be the player that, you know, is three Oh three last year with 130 way to 35 way to runs created plus, if he can't be somewhere in between what he is now and that, then they're going to struggle to really get going because you're right. He's a huge part of their, what they're, what they're going to do on offense. but. They're going to be okay, man. They've got Acuna. Olsen's been great for them. Uh, he hit his fifth home run last night. And even though he hasn't been quite what he was at the beginning of the season, he's still such a solid hitter. And you know he's going to end up having a great year. And then they've got so many other pieces in there. But you're, you know, Duvall, 
I learned a lot about Adam Duvall last year. I know what that Adam Duvall experiment is like, man. You know, he's going to get hotter than the sun at certain points this year, and he's going to be colder than the Atlantic, than the Arctic Ocean at other times. Um, and and he's been really cold to start the year, but he's just like Solaire, man. He can hit 13 in a month and just carry the offense just like that. And and so he's another piece that once he gets going, I see them. But but how much is really getting going for Adam Duvall? You yeah. know what I mean? Like that that just he's, isn't going to happen to the point to the extent that Austin Riley might get going. You know what I mean? Adam Duvall is one of the most confusing players in baseball yeah. to me. Like I don't <laughs> yeah. even get how he plays center field. Like there's body type wise, like he's sneaky, athletic, doesn't make. He won a Gold Glove last year, man. I, like he was <laughs> great defensively for the Marlins in right field. Incredible. I, when he was with the Reds, I thought he was one of those guys that was like, yeah, well, he couldn't play first because of Votto, so he's just out there. I was completely mm-hmm. wrong about him defensively. And, yeah, he's a guy that, again, I was with, with the Reds, it was, okay, well, it's a small ballpark. It's kind of like Suarez where they can just run into a bunch mm-hmm. of home runs. I mean, that that place is such a pan box. If you've ever been there. Um, balls just fly out. And then we've seen, I mean, this is a guy that can get hot. And it's it's funny because they, they signed Rosario. Obviously, Duvall had the extra year. But then you see what Jock Peterson's doing right now, and you mm-hmm. wonder if they kept the wrong mm-hmm. one. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe they should have kept Peterson, even and though even- Peterson was the worst one of all of them last year. If you look at the stats, mm-hmm. worse than Soler, Rosario. But, and he was also, I think Peterson's also one of those weird, like clubhouse glue guy type, yeah. types too that yeah. might might have helped them a little bit. Yeah. And, and even Soler, you know, is hitting like a little, he's been pretty hitting pretty well for the Marlins recently. Could even be a better like Duval type, right? They're, I basically keep saying that they're basically the same player. And by the way, as we were speaking about him, he hit his ninth home run of the season. The Marlins are back in at five, three, but um, you know, I just, they basically had those four guys and they picked two of them. And Rosario has been on the injured list and Peterson's been great. And Duvall has been struggling and Solaire has been okay for Miami. So it's hard to know they, they didn't really have a wrong choice there, but um, at, at the end of the day, Duvall is going to hit 25. Probably he's going to end up hitting a bunch of homers and he's going to hit somewhere near 220 or 230. And if all the other pieces around him play a little better, then that's a, that's the kind, you know, that's the kind of player every team needs to hit 25, 30 runs, home runs and drive in, you know, he drove in like a hundred runs last year, I think. So, yeah. I, and what, what I'll tell you is, and before we'll, we'll close the show with our obligatory and nationals, try to find something to talk about segment. Um, the one thing I'll say is the Mets are about to play. You know, they have a homestand. They're going to go uh, Phillies, Nationals, come to City Field. I imagine they'll do pretty well during that homestand. But after that, there is an opportunity for these other teams in the NL East to really make up ground because the Mets are going to go on a brutal 10-game West Coast trip uh, starting on June 2nd. Dodgers for four, Padres, Angels, three of the best teams in baseball. If the Mets are able to win four of those 10 games, I think you'd be pretty happy to be Mm -hmm. honest, especially considering the fact that, you know, they have Jacob deGrom potentially coming back at the end of June, Tyler McGill, maybe middle June. You're likely not going to see those guys factoring into that road trip. So there's going to be at least one Trevor Williams, a pucky random starter out there. So this will be an opportunity where these teams can maybe take that, you know, eight, nine game lead the Mets might have at the time and cut that in half. Um, particularly the Braves. If the Braves can can win seven of ten when the Mets are out west, 
they have a good chance to, to really kind of make this a race uh, a little bit more before the all-star break. So that's what I would watch. And um, the Braves sure. have a, the Braves have a pretty favorable stretch here. Actually, I'm looking, if you go into the middle of June, they play the Marlins for three, they go to three in Arizona, four in Colorado, two with the A's four with the pirates and three with the nationals. So you're talking yeah. over the next month or uh, two, three weeks or so that you can see this division kind of shrink up. But I mean, since I'm here, I might as well offer my opinion. I don't see anybody catching the Mets, man. I just, I just can't see it. They don't, are, don't make me a nervous, force. Man. They are a force. <laughs> I don't want to make you nervous. Think I'm, I'm, I bring the jinx, you know, but I, I, I just, I don't know, man. They're really, really solid and, and they are going to get a bunch of games. I don't think they've even seen the Marlins yet. So they get a bunch of games. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have, think they yeah. have, I don't think we that they see each other until June. So yeah, I mean, this is, you know, a, a team that's set up well in this division. And a team that's set up horribly is the Washington Nationals, uh, who we have to mention. They have not won a series since May 1st. They've lost seven series in a row. But Eric Fetty might be good. How many scoreless <laughs> did he pitch today? How many He's innings did he go? Six scoreless innings, which might be the most against the Dodgers, nonetheless, after the Dodgers scored 19 runs in the first two games of the series. Might be the most shocking result across baseball today. Um, but how they, I, I think they might have lost that Trey Turner, Max Scherzer trade thing. You I don't know. So? You, you tell me, man. They, after yeah. Josiah Gray goes out there, gets lit up, Trey Turner takes him deep. Like that is just as bad as, I mean, I know he's been good this year, but that is just a bad look, man. So one thing real quick, Fetty, three, uh, three, five, five ERA right now. So that's, uh, that's impressive. Fetty sneaky trade piece for this nationals team. Uh, I like Kiebert Ruiz. I think yep. Josiah Gray has a chance, but suddenly his ERA looks pretty awful. And uh, yeah, it's it's the fact that they gave up both of those guys in one deal and Crazy. that's all they got Crazy. back is nuts. Crazy. And then, you know, I, I still, it's to me, if you're a Nationals fan, this is one of those things that I've talked about on my show in the past. It's how much do you value that that one World Series? Because you might have ended up with that one World Series getting 10 terrible seasons of Nationals baseball because mm -hmm. now there's no reason to invest. And, and you have these bad contracts on the books. Who knows what they do with Juan Soto? But if you were trying to contend, you simply keep Trey Turner and Juan Soto together. And the two mm -hmm. of them alone would have been a great offense for mm -hmm. a decade. And mm -hmm. they decided to move on from Turner. And now Juan Soto has no protection. He's hitting 239. He has Poor a guy. <laughs> Why would you ever pitch to that guy, man? He, there's nothing around him. And there's a reason that he's there. Ha, there's no other reason that he's hitting 239 or 241 or whatever, other than there's nothing behind him. So he's just Dude, struggling so hard. Eight home runs, 14 RBIs. And he scored 26 that's, runs because he's on base all the time. And, you know, Josh Bell is able that. to break. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just while we're on it, they have one, two, three, four, five starters with six or more starts 7.16 4.08 6.60 6.975.44 those are the eras on the guys that have more than five six starts on this team and, and this this leads me perfectly to my last little note on the nationals you have paolo espino who is terrible last year out of their rotation a 2.61 era and 20 and two-thirds and erasmo ramirez a 250 era in 18 innings i love we saw it in the Mets comeback where Steven Nogaset came on when the game was out of hand and the only guy that could get Giants out on Tuesday night was Nogasek. There's something about those middle innings 
where mm-hmm. a, a game gets lopsided that pitchers can just clean up and you have Espino and Ramirez who are pitching to sub three ERAs and you know, if they switch them and put them into the rotation, they would get be blown with up. 70 ERAs. Get yeah. blown up just like Cody Poteet for the Marlins who has been pretty good in mop of duty for them. And then tonight starts and lets up five runs in the first inning. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what happens. Well, we got a, a heat playoff game to watch both yes, of us here. Big time. <laughs> I, I have scared. to mention, dude, uh, with the jersey on everything, you bear a pretty strong resemblance to Max Struess. I, I got to tell you. Really? I think I so. I haven't heard man. that one yet. Yeah, man. The, the I beard. Heard that and the one. I don't know. I, th- I think you do look a little like Struess. Hopefully, Struess gets loose this, tonight. This is still my Panther playoff beard, which I have to shave depressingly yeah. because they lost in well, disastrous fashion but ho- hopefully you can ride it out with, with the heat so uh, if Absolutely. you are watching on youtube make sure you subscribe to this new channel if you're listening to the podcast feed look out for the state of the division on youtube and hit us with a subscribe there make sure you tune in tomorrow are you going to be back tomorrow for the central right i'll be back on the central tomorrow i'm looking forward to it with clay snowden talking the nl central perfect